Hi, this is Danny Whitaker with Devoted to Scripture. I'm reading through the Bible in a year and sharing my reading with you. This is day 87 of our journey. Today we read about the tragedy that occurs when man dishonors and underestimates God. First, the Israelites, led by Eli's wicked sons, try to use the Ark of the Lord as a good luck charm to guarantee victory in battle over the Philistines. During the conquest of the Holy Land, the Israelites walked in obedience and the Ark was carried to glorify God in front of their enemies, essentially giving God the glory for all their successes. Hophni and Phinehas carried the Ark into battle to try to use the power of God to glorify themselves and to accomplish their own desires. God allows them to be defeated, showing that His presence and power are not subject to the whims of His people. The Ark is captured and taken into Philistine territory. After their victory, the Philistines believed that the God in Israel was weak and unable to protect his people, so they placed the ark in a pagan temple at the feet of their god, Dagon. But the image of Dagon cannot stand in the presence of the one true God, and his statue collapses and crumbles. At the same time, the Philistine people are oppressed with a plague that moves from city to city as each of the Philistine kings tries to pass the ark of the Lord off onto their neighbors. Eventually, the Philistines send the ark back to Israel with a guilt offering to appease God and remove the punishment. But when Israel receives the ark, many people do not show it the honor it deserves, and they pay with their lives. In the last chapter of our reading, we see the people of Israel reject God as king and request that Samuel appoint them a king like the surrounding nations. Join me in 1 Samuel 4-8 to to understand the power of God and the glory due him. 1 Samuel 4 Samuel revealed the word of the Lord to all Israel. Then the Israelites went out to fight the Philistines. They camped at Ebenezer, and the Philistines camped at Aphek. The Philistines arranged their forces to fight Israel. As the battle spread out, Israel was defeated by the Philistines, who killed about 4,000 men in the battle line in the field. When the army came back to the camp, the elders of Israel said, Why did the Lord let us be defeated today by the Philistines? Let's take the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord from Shiloh. When it is with us, it will save us from the hands of our enemies. So the army sent to Shiloh, and they took from there the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord of Heaven's armies, who sits between the cherubim. Now the two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas, were there with the Ark of the Covenant of God. When the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord arrived at the camp, all Israel shouted so loudly that the ground shook. When the Philistines heard the sound of the shout, they said, What is this loud shout in the camp of the Hebrews? Then they realized that the ark of the Lord had arrived at the camp. The Philistines were scared because they thought that gods had come to the camp. They said, Woe to us! We've never seen anything like this. Woe to us! Who can deliver us from the hand of these mighty gods? These are the gods who struck the Egyptians with all sorts of plagues in the desert. Be strong and act like men, you Philistines, or else you will wind up serving the Hebrews the way they have served you. Act like men and fight. So the Philistines fought. Israel was defeated. They all ran home. The slaughter was very great. 30,000 foot soldiers from Israel fell in battle. The ark of God was taken, and the two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas, were killed. On that day, a Benjamite ran from the battle lines and came to Shiloh. His clothes were torn and dirt was on his head. When he arrived in Shiloh, Eli was sitting in his chair on the lookout by the side of the road, for he was very worried about the ark of God. 
As the man entered the city to give his report, the whole city cried out. When Eli heard the outcry, he said, What is this commotion? The man quickly came and told Eli. Now Eli was 98 years old, and his eyes looked straight ahead. He was unable to see. The man said to Eli, I am the one who came from the battle lines. Just today, I fled from the battle lines. Eli asked, How did things go, my son? The messenger replied, Israel has fled from the Philistines. The army has suffered a great defeat. Your two sons, Hophni and Phinehas, are dead. The ark of God has been captured. When he mentioned the ark of God, Eli fell backward from his chair beside the gate. He broke his neck and died, for he was old and heavy. He had judged Israel for 40 years. His daughter-in-law, the wife of Phinehas, was pregnant and close to giving birth. When she heard that the ark of God was captured and that her father-in-law and her husband were dead, she doubled over and gave birth. But her labor pains were too much for her. As she was dying, the women who were with her said, Don't be afraid. You have given birth to a son. But she did not reply or pay any attention. She named the boy Ichabod, saying, The glory has departed from Israel, referring to the capture of the ark of God and the deaths of her father-in-law and her husband. She said, The glory has departed from Israel because the ark of God has been captured. 1 Samuel 5 Now the Philistines had captured the ark of God and brought it from Ebenezer to Ashdod. The Philistines took the ark of God and brought it into the temple of Dagon, where they positioned it beside Dagon. When the residents of Ashdod got up early the next day, Dagon was lying on the ground before the ark of the Lord. So they took Dagon and set him back in his place. But when they got up early the following day, Dagon was again lying on the ground before the ark of the Lord. The head of Dagon and his two hands were sheared off and were lying at the threshold. Only Dagon's body was left intact. For this reason, to this very day, neither Dagon's priests nor anyone else who enters Dagon's temple steps on Dagon's threshold in Ashdod. The Lord attacked the residents of Ashdod severely, bringing devastation on them. He struck the people of both Ashdod and the surrounding area with sores. When the people of Ashdod saw what was happening, they said, The ark of the God of Israel should not remain with us, for he has attacked both us and our God Dagon. So they assembled all the leaders of the Philistines and asked, What should we do with the ark of the God of Israel? They replied, The ark of the God of Israel should be moved to Gath. So they moved the ark of the God of Israel. But after it had been moved, the Lord attacked that city as well, causing a great deal of panic. He struck all the people of that city with sores. So they sent the ark of God to Ekron. But when the ark of God arrived at Ekron, the residents of Ekron cried out, saying, They have brought the ark of the God of Israel here to kill our people. So they assembled all the leaders of the Philistines and said, Get the ark of the God of Israel out of here. Let it go back to its own place so that it won't kill us and our people. The terror of death was throughout the entire city. God was attacking them very severely there. The people who did not die were struck with sores. The city's cry for help went all the way up to heaven. 1 Samuel 6 When the ark of the Lord had been in the land of the Philistines for seven months, the Philistines called the priests and the omen readers, saying, What should we do with the ark of the Lord? Advise us as to how we should send it back to its place. They replied, If you are going to send the ark of the God of Israel back, don't send it away empty. Be sure to return it with a guilt offering. Then you will be healed, and you will understand why his hand is not removed from you. They inquired, What is the guilt offering that we should send to him? They replied, 
the Philistine leaders, number five. So send five gold sores and five gold mice, for it is the same plague that has afflicted both you and your leaders. You should make images of the sores and images of the mice that are destroying the land. You should honor the God of Israel. Perhaps he will release his grip on you, your gods, and your land. Why harden your hearts like the Egyptians and Pharaoh did when God treated them harshly? Didn't the Egyptians send the Israelites on their way? So now go and make a new cart. Get two cows that have calves and that have never had a yoke placed on them. Harness the cows to the cart and take their calves from them back to their stalls. Then take the ark of the Lord and place it on the cart and put in a chest beside it the gold objects you are sending to him as a guilt offering. You should then send it on its way, but keep an eye on it. If it should go up by the way of its own border to Beth Shemesh, then he has brought this great calamity on us. But if that is not the case, then we will know that it was not his hand that struck us. Rather, it just happened to us by accident. So the men did as instructed. They took two cows that had calves and harnessed them to a cart. They also removed their calves to their stalls. They put the ark of the Lord on the cart, along with the chest, the gold mice, and the images of the sores. Then the cows went directly on the road to Beth Shemesh. They went along the route, bellowing more and more. They turned neither to the right nor to the left. The leaders of the Philistines were walking along behind them all the way to the border of Beth Shemesh. Now the residents of Beth Shemesh were harvesting wheat in the valley. When they looked up and saw the ark, they were pleased at the sight. The cart was coming to the field of Joshua, who was from Beth Shemesh. It paused there near a big stone. Then they cut up the wood of the cart and offered the cows as a burnt offering to the Lord. The Levites took down the ark of the Lord and the chest that was with it, which contained the gold objects. They placed them near the big stone. At that time, the people of Beth Shemesh offered burnt offerings and made sacrifices to the Lord. The five leaders of the Philistines watched what was happening and then returned to Ekron on the same day. These are the gold swords that the Philistines brought as a guilt offering to the Lord, one for each of the following cities, Ashdod, Gaza, Ashkelon, Gath, and Ekron. The gold mice corresponded in number to all the Philistine cities of the five leaders, from the fortified cities to hamlet villages to greater Abel, where they positioned the ark of the Lord until this very day in the field of Joshua, who was from Beth Shemesh. But the Lord struck down some of the people of Beth Shemesh, because they had looked into the ark of the Lord. He struck down 50,070 of the men. The residents grieved because the Lord had struck the people with a hard blow. The residents of Beth Shemesh asked, Who is able to stand before the Lord, this holy God? To whom will the ark go up from here? So they sent messengers to the residents of Kiriath-Jerim, saying, The Philistines have returned the ark of the Lord. Come down here and take it back home with you. 1 Samuel 7 Then the people of Kiriath-Jerim came and took the ark of the Lord. They brought it to the house of Abinadab, located on the hill. They consecrated Eleazar, his son, to guard the ark of the Lord. It was quite a long time, some twenty years in all, that the ark stayed at Kiriath-Jerim. All the people of Israel longed for the Lord. Samuel said to all the people of Israel, If you are really turning to the Lord with all your hearts, remove from among you the foreign gods and the images of Ashtoreth. Give your hearts to the Lord and serve only him. Then he will deliver you from the hand of the Philistines. So the Israelites removed the Baals and images of Ashtoreth. They served only the Lord. Then Samuel said, Gather all Israel to Mizpah, and I will pray to the Lord on your behalf. After they had assembled at Mizpah, 
They drew water and poured it out before the Lord. They fasted on that day, and they confessed there, We have sinned against the Lord. So Samuel led the people of Israel at Mizpah. When the Philistines heard that the Israelites had gathered at Mizpah, the leaders of the Philistines went up against Israel. When the Israelites heard about this, they were afraid of the Philistines. The Israelites said to Samuel, Keep crying out to the Lord our God, so that he may save us from the hand of the Philistines. So Samuel took a nursing lamb and offered it as a whole burnt offering to the Lord. Samuel cried out to the Lord on Israel's behalf, and the Lord answered him. As Samuel was offering burnt offerings, the Philistines approached to do battle with Israel. But on that day, the Lord thundered loudly against the Philistines. He caused them to panic, and they were defeated by Israel. Then the men of Israel left Mizpah and chased the Philistines, striking them down all the way to an area below beth Car. Samuel took a stone and placed it between Mizpah and Shen. He named it Ebenezer, saying, Up to here the Lord has helped us. So the Philistines were defeated. They did not invade Israel again. The hand of the Lord was against the Philistines all the days of Samuel. The cities that the Philistines had captured from Israel were returned to Israel, from Ekron to Gath. Israel also delivered their territory from the control of the Philistines. There was also peace between Israel and the Amorites. So Samuel led Israel all the days of his life. Year after year, he used to travel the circuit of Bethel, Gilgal, and Mizpah. He used to judge Israel in all of these places. Then he would return to Ramah, because his home was there. He also judged Israel there and built an altar to the Lord there. 1 Samuel 8 In his old age, Samuel appointed his sons as judges over Israel. The name of his firstborn son was Joel, and the name of his second son was Abijah. They were judges in Beersheba, but his sons did not follow his ways. Instead, they made money dishonestly, accepted bribes, and perverted justice. So all the elders of Israel gathered together and approached Samuel at Ramah. They said to him, Look, you are old, and your sons don't follow your ways. So now appoint over us a king to lead us, just like all the other nations have. But this request displeased Samuel, for they said, Give us a king to lead us. So Samuel prayed to the Lord. The Lord said to Samuel, Do everything the people request of you, for it is not you that they have rejected, but it is me that they have rejected as their king. Just as they have done from the day that I brought them up from Egypt until this very day, they have rejected me and have served other gods. This is what they are also doing to you. So now do as they say, but you must warn them and make them aware of the policies of the king who will rule over them. So Samuel spoke all of the Lord's words to the people who were asking him for a king. He said, here are the policies of the king who will rule over you. He will conscript your sons and put them in his chariot forces and in his cavalry. They will run in front of his chariot. He will appoint for himself leaders of thousands and leaders of fifties, as well as those who plow his ground, reap his harvest, and make his weapons of war and his chariot equipment. He will take your daughters to be ointment makers, cooks, and bakers. He will take your best fields, vineyards, and olive groves, and give them to his own servants. He will demand a tenth of your seed and of the produce of your vineyards, and give it to his administrators and his servants. He will take your male and female servants, as well as your best cattle and your flocks, and assign them for his own use. He will demand a tenth of your flocks, and you yourselves will be his servants. In that day you will cry out because of your king whom you have chosen for yourselves, but the Lord won't answer you in that day. But the people refused to heed Samuel's warning. Instead they said, No, there will be a king over us. 
We will be like all the other nations. Our king will judge us and lead us and fight our battles. So Samuel listened to everything the people said and then reported it to the Lord. The Lord said to Samuel, do as they say and install a king over them. Then Samuel said to the men of Israel, each of you go back to his own city. Thank you for joining me on our shared walk through scripture today. Devotion to scripture doesn't begin and end here. My prayer is that you will be encouraged to dig deeper and spend some additional time in God's word today. If you're looking for a great place to start, check the episode description where you will always find a few key verses from the day's reading to reflect on further. I'd love to hear from you. How is God using this podcast to help you grow? How can I be praying for you? Email me at devotedtoscripture at gmail.com. It's amazing seeing a passage come alive as we understand its place in the whole story of the Bible. Knowing and ultimately being a part of that story is the most important undertaking of your life. Join me tomorrow to continue the journey. Be devoted to Scripture.